Greetings, family. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Have Something to Say in Spirit and in Truth with your sister, Aja Patia Leisha. So listen, family, before we begin, um, I'm going to let you know right off the bat, this is another recording that I'm sharing with you guys from WLC Radio, and um, I do not agree with what everything they're saying, okay? But 99% of it, I definitely... Um, I find to be sound, okay, but there's just that one little, little bit at the end where they were completely off, they were going on their own opinion, okay, because it was not actual factual, um, and, uh, they said that pretty much Donald Trump would be our last president of this country, they had, uh, already, you know, put America to death, <laughs> Um, well, not so much to death. They had already, uh, they, they just felt like the new world order would be in full effect by the end of the Trump administration. And, um, it hasn't happened yet. So we do know that it is coming, that it is going to happen. Okay. Um, but instead of us trying to figure out when new world order is going to happen, um, you know, why don't we just get right? with y'all now why don't we just you know live our lives as if Yahusha can come back today with that being said let us listen to what the host of WLC radio have to say uh, concerning the beast the new world order and uh, what America has to do with it Events currently unfolding in the United States reveal that the image to the beast is being formed before our very eyes. It is extremely important that you share the information contained in this video with anyone who will listen, for this is happening now. On October 20, 2016, presidential candidates Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump both spoke at the Alfred E. Smith Memorial Foundation dinner at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City. It was a charity event to benefit Roman Catholic charities. Also in attendance was the Archbishop of New York, Timothy Cardinal Dolan. During his remarks, Trump made several statements that should be alarming to everyone who knows Bible prophecy. Well, I want to thank your eminence. This is really great to be with you again. Beloved Governor. We can also agree on the need to stand up to anti-Catholic bias. And the great religious leaders here tonight give us all an example that we can follow. And we've got to come together, not only as a nation, but as a world community. Not to be outdone, Hillary Clinton also made comments designed to draw Catholics and Protestants together. She addressed many of her remarks to the Cardinal, repeatedly referring to him as Your Eminence. In her speech, Clinton dismissed Protestant concerns about a Catholic takeover of America. This in itself shows how far Protestant America has come in joining hands with the papacy. Those appeals, appeals to fear and division, can cause us to treat each other as the other. Rhetoric like that makes it harder 
for us to see each other, to respect each other, to listen to each other, and certainly a lot harder to love our neighbor as ourselves. Clinton concluded her speech by lauding Pope Francis, whom she referred to as the Holy Father, and called on everyone to embrace his message. Here we go right here. Family, there is only one Holy Father and Creator. The Creator is the Holy Father. Him and Him alone. Let us be clear. Now back to what these people are saying. I believe how we treat others is the highest expression of faith and of service. Now, I'm not Catholic, I'm a Methodist, but one of the things that we share is the belief that in order to achieve salvation, we need both faith and good works. And you certainly don't need to be Catholic to be inspired by the humility and heart of the Holy Father, Pope Francis, or to embrace his message. His message about rejecting a mindset of hostility, his calls to reduce inequality, his warnings about climate change, his appeal that we build bridges, not walls. Now, as you may know, my running mate, Tim, is Catholic and went to Jesuit schools. And one of the things he and I have talked about is this idea from the Jesuits of the Magis, the more the better. Well, we need to get better at finding ways to disagree on matters of policy while agreeing on questions of decency and civility. How we talk to each other, treat each other, respect each other. In 1994, Evangelical and Roman Catholic leaders signed an ecumenical document entitled Evangelicals and Catholics Together, the Christian Mission in the Third Millennium. Involving as it did both Evangelical and Roman Catholic leaders, it was truly a monumental statement. It was an ecumenical document of supreme importance since it represented a combined effort by leading spokesmen to bury the hatchet and work together as teammates instead of antagonists. It laments the division between them and proposes a moratorium on Catholic evangelical conflict. At the time, many Protestants raised their voices in warning against the precedent set by this alliance. Those who knew the lessons of the past understood the dangers of encouraging any association with Catholics. Such coalitions always result in the Roman Catholic Church gaining power and influence through stealthy advances. Today, we are seeing the results of a complacent Protestantism, granting inroads to Catholicism. Unlike the 1994 document, which was between religious leaders, Trump's and Clinton's conciliatory statements were made on a public stage, by politicians, running for President of the United States. Revelation warns that the United States, symbolized as a beast with lamb-like horns, would grow to become a globally dominant power. In this position of power, John revealed that the United States would impose conformance to Catholic doctrines through enforcing legislation consistent to Roman Catholic goals and agendas. John wrote, 
And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast, the Roman Catholic Church, before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Today, the United States is the world's only remaining superpower. Through her vague war on terror, she repeatedly invades sovereign nations without actually declaring war on their governments. Economic sanctions are imposed on all who dare resist her self-absorbed, despotic rule. Death, destruction, and untold suffering follow wherever the American military brings its version of democracy. The United States already is speaking as a dragon, just as John foretold. She has the power and the influence to lead the world in forming an image to the beast. Today, the seeds planted at Vatican II and sprouted with Evangelicals and Catholics United have grown to maturity as not just religious leaders, but American politicians themselves reach out to unite with the papacy. On September 24, 2015, Pope Francis gave a speech that was the first of its kind. In an unprecedented move, the Pope was invited to address a joint meeting of both houses of the United States Congress in session. I'm not doubting for one minute that the Catholic Popes and the Edomite Protestants were full of a spirit. Undoubtedly, everything a human does is motivated by one spirit or another. Is it the spirit of Yahuwah or the spirit of this world? That is the question. Let us continue. Mr. Speaker, the Pope of the Holy See. giant CNN acknowledged the Pope's speech to Congress demonstrated how he is reshaping the Catholic Church's political priorities. In this speech, Pope Francis inserted himself and the Catholic Church into the geopolitical realm, calling for an all-inclusive unification for world peace. He stated, 
We must move forward together as one in a renewed spirit of fraternity and solidarity, cooperating generously for the common good. The Pope further stated, the challenges facing us today call for a renewal of that spirit of cooperation which has accomplished so much good throughout the history of the United States. The complexity, the gravity and the urgency of these challenges demand that we pool our resources and talents and resolve to support one another with respect for our differences and our convictions of conscience. It is important that today, as in the past, the voice of faith continue to be heard, for it is a voice of fraternity and love, which tries to bring out the best in each person and in each society. Such cooperation is a powerful resource in the battle to eliminate new global forms of slavery, born of grave injustices which can be overcome only through new policies and new forms of social consensus. God bless America. The obvious approval of U.S. political leaders for the pontiff's remarks indicates that the time for the United States to form an image to the beast has fully arrived and is, in fact, forming even now before our very eyes. The late Tony Palmer was one of many voices calling for unity with Rome. Palmer was a bishop in the communion of evangelical Episcopal churches. Palmer claimed that his mission was to unite the Christian evangelical church with the Roman Catholic system. On January 21, 2014, Bishop Palmer served as a special envoy from Pope Francis to the Charismatic Evangelical Leadership Conference hosted by Kenneth Copeland. In his speech to the evangelicals, Palmer claimed that the Protestant Reformation was over and urged his listeners to once again unite with Catholics as simply Christians or universally as Catholics. Now, why is it historic? Because in 1999, the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Lutheran Church signed an agreement that brought an end to the protest. Luther believed that we were saved by grace through faith alone. Amen. But that's not it. The Catholic Church believed that we were saved by works. And that was the protest. In 1999, they wrote this together. Because in the Protestant Church, we had a lot of cheap salvations. People were getting born again, but no fruit whatsoever. And because we didn't even look for fruit, it wasn't the issue, because it wasn't necessary for salvation. And no, it's not. But it's a good judge if you are saved. So what these two churches did, they put the two definitions together. Listen to it. I'm reading verbatim from the Catholic Vatican website. Justification means that Christ himself is our righteousness, in which we share through the Holy Spirit in accord with the will of the Father. To, together, we Catholics and Protestants, Lutherans, believe and confess that by grace alone, 
in faith in Christ's saving works and not because of any merit on our part, we are accepted by God and receive the Holy Spirit who renews our hearts while equipping and calling us to good works. This brought an end to the protest of Luther. Brothers and sisters, Luther's protest is over. Is yours. In 1999, this was signed by the Lutheran Church, the Federation Worldwide. Later, about five years later, the Worldwide Methodists signed the same agreement. But as of today, we still have had no Protestant evangelical that will stand up and sign this agreement to agree with our brothers and sisters that we are saved by grace through faith to good works. And I believe that's something that needs to be fixed. There's a challenge for you. So the protest has been over for 15 years. And I get a bit cheeky here because I challenge my Protestant pastor friends. If there is no more protest, how can there be a Protestant church? Maybe we now we're all Catholics again. <laughs> but we are reformed. We're Catholic in the universal sense. We are not protesting the doctrine of salvation by the Catholic Church anymore. We now preach the same gospel. We now preach you are saved by grace through faith alone. The word alone was the argument for 500 years. The word alone is there. You can read it yourself. The protest is over. So it is not a shocking thing to me that Kenneth Copeland, okay, is, is um, endorsing or supporting this whole uh, Protestant and Catholic feud to be over. A house divided will fall. They need to stand together so that they may give power to the beast. Come on now, open your eyes. Remember, Kenneth Copeland is the spiritual father of Creflo Dollar. Do you trust either of them? <laughs> I don't. The protest is over. Renowned evangelical leader Kenneth Copeland immediately leapt on board, declaring, The protest is over. Referring to the Catholic and Lutheran joint declaration on the doctrine of justification, Copeland stated, To the parties involved, this essentially resolves the conflict over the nature of justification, which was at the root of the Protestant Reformation. The protest is over. This was brought about by spirit-filled pope and spirit-filled Lutherans. Now, let me be clear, family. They are all already on the same team, okay? There was just um, a push and a pull for power, okay? But let us be clear that all Christians and Catholics 
are on the same page. All Saturday and Sunday worshipers are on the same page. Another thing I want to point out, notice how he said spirit-filled Pope and spirit-filled Lutherans. He did not say Holy Spirit-filled. Pay attention. The, the, the special thing, though, about Saturday worshipers, especially those calling themselves of the house of Yaakov, okay, they are following after the, the European Jews, after the times that they set. And them, they got their times from the Babylonians, okay? Those are not the Father's times. The way that they tell time, their timetable is demonic. It's solar loony instead of loony solar. I know some of you are like, what? Huh? What is she talking about? But I'm going to say this again. Protestants, Lutherans, Catholics, non-denominational Christians even, uh, Hebrew Israelites, the ones of today. They are all giving power to the beast because they are all observing on the Gregorian calendar. The Hebrew Israelites are getting ready for their Sabbath tomorrow, which is Saturday. And I'm going to keep saying it until I have no more breath left in my body. Saturday worship is ordained for Saturnalia. That came into our customs or came into our way of uh, observance through us being an apostasy. We were never supposed to hollow out Saturday. But anyway, that's for another broadcast at another time or another podcast at another time. Let's keep listening. That got together in the Holy Ghost. The explosion of Earth's final events has been a building crescendo for years. Now, the United States has a president who has vowed to close the gap between church and state. Donald Trump ran on a platform to make America great again. It does not matter that many Americans of his own political party did not want him for president. The fact is, he won. The question everyone should be asking now is, how does Donald Trump plan to make America great again? One way Trump plans to transform America is by clearing the way for Christians to become more politically active. As reported by Time magazine, in a startling off-the-cuff speech to a gathering of pastors in Florida last week, Trump threw away his prepared remarks and promised, over and over, to give evangelical churches the power to essentially spend unlimited sums of tax-exempt money on politics. I said, I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to figure a way that we can get you back your freedom of speech, Trump told the evangelical pastors. It will be so great for the evangelicals, for the pastors, for the ministers, for the priests, for America. Trump promised that one of his first efforts as president would be to dismantle laws that keep Christian churches from spending tax-exempt money on political advocacy. He promised to vigorously attack a law that prevents tax-exempt organizations such as churches or educational institutions from endorsing political candidates. 
the ban on 501c3 charitable organizations from engaging in political advocacy has come to be known as the Johnson Amendment. One of the absolute first things I'm going to do is work on totally knocking out the Johnson Amendment, he said. The power you have is so enormous. It's not like you represent 2% of the country and it's going to be difficult. You're probably 75, 80%. If you want to put your full weight, I mean, can you imagine if all of your people start calling up the local congressman and the local senator? Trump promised the evangelical pastors that by abolishing the prohibition on churches spending tax-exempt money on political advocacy, it would reverse the slow, steady decline in church attendance and public attitudes towards Christian beliefs in the United States. America now has a president who is creating an environment in which the image to the beast will be fully formed. Indeed, it has begun already. What's happened to religion, if you look at what's happening to Christianity and you look at the number of people going to churches and the evangelicals know this also, it's not on this kind of a climb, it's on this kind of a climb slow and steady in the wrong direction and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you've been silenced you've been silenced like a child has been silenced you've been silenced strong kenneth copeland who joined bishop tony palmer in declaring the protestant reformation over is a member of donald trump's faith advisory council in a live broadcast on the night of the 2016 presidential election, Copeland confidently declared that if God gave him a message for Donald Trump, Trump would listen and pay attention. If something were to really, really strike my heart, if God really showed me something that I felt like, and that the Lord would say, you deliver this. Yeah, yeah. I have no doubt but what I could deliver it. <laughs> and that was not true in presidents past. Mm -hmm. Even though we had influence in, in, uh, in, in some areas, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. But if the Lord were to say something to me and the other presidents that what little I've had to do with them, um, I don't know. I don't know whether I could have ever gotten anybody to listen to me or not. But I am totally convinced that if the Lord were to say something to me, if the Lord were to say something to David, or if the Lord were to say something to Bishop that, that, that the president needs to hear, I have yeah. no doubt yeah. that we could do it and do it quickly. Yes, sir. And have audience to say, thus saith the Lord, and, and he wouldn't just turn it over to an aide or something and just write it off. He would listen, and, and it would mean something. In this environment, it is but a small step to pass legislation favoring Christians. This may sound like a good thing, but in the very near future, it will lead to laws that will impose the mark of the beast. Those who today are joining hands with Catholicism will tomorrow impose Roman Catholic doctrines on pain of death. When this happens, many will lose their lives standing for the truth. 
The presidential election of 2016 may very well be the last presidential election the United States ever has. America has sown the wind. Now the world will reap the whirlwind. Now you see here where Yochanan uh, or John speaks about uh, the blind eyes of some for those that, you know, say that they know Yahuwah but hate their brother. Um, remember when Shaul, Rav Shaul or Apostle Paul, he was on the road to Damascus going to uh, slay those followers of Yahusha. And then, you know, Yahusha appeared to him from the heavens and, and you know, says, why are you persecuting me? And that day, uh, Shaul or Paul's heart was turned to the father uh, and he recognized who Yahusha was. Okay. It was days after that that he went to an anointed one to have the scales removed from his eyes that he may see the light of the truth. And he gave the rest of his life to follow um, Yahuwah. I'm sorry, to follow the ways of Yahusha in service to Yahuwah. Okay, family? So uh, let us just be clear that, number one, Christianity is paganism. Period. It is... Paganism, it is Egyptology, it is Catholicism, it is every kind of ism that isn't of the Father, okay? Um, but not just Christianity alone, all organized religion today, from the Hebrew Israelites to the Hasidic Jews to the Orthodox Catholic Christians to the Protestants, to the non-denominational, they are all still drunk and blind. This is your sister, Ajabatia Lisha Reed, saying, please wake up. Hallelujah. Father Yah, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, I am asking for the spirit of blindness to be removed from your chosen Father, I don't pray for the whole world today. Right now, today, I pray for your chosen, your chosen people, your elect that have been fooled and deceived. Father, Yah, I pray for the blindness to start to be removed from their eyes. Father, I pray for power to be given to your trumpets. I pray for wisdom, knowledge, and revelation to be given to your mores, to your oracles, to your prophets, to your teachers. Hallelujah. Because, yes, where we may not need any new prophecy, because there is no new prophecy, we still need those with the prophetic gifts to share the prophecies of old, to shed light to those who are in darkness, to explain and decipher these, these prophecies that your children may discern the truth from the lies, Father Yah. 
that we may know what it is to once again go back to the ancient ways. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom, family. Today is the Shabbat of Yahuwah. Today's Friday, June 17th, sorry, June 18th, 2021, according to the Gregorian calendar. But on that Gregorian calendar, you don't see any days designated for worship that look like today. No, they waiting for Saturday and Sunday. Anyway, Shabbat Shalom.